Welcome to Robert's Random Ruminations. On this glorious episode, we'll be covering the following things. Change and a character piece on Tom, one of the new uh, additional characters from A Novel War, are going to be the topics for today's episode. So let's get started. I wanted to talk briefly about change, and it's kind of a funny thing that I'm talking about it, because I actually kind of got, I guess you see, slapped in the face with it this week. I've been playing uh, Assassin's Creed since the beginning of time, and the newest evolution of Assassin's Creed is called Odyssey, and an Odyssey, you have the ability at every step of the way, literally, to choose things, choose options, choose what you say, choose what happens, um, very much so and much more granularly uh, than you could in the other Assassin's Creed games. In addition, of course, those changes or those choices you make, how you change how you behave in the game, by how you respond to things, etc., affects things later on, and you don't know how. Um, this is a genre of games that I'm not extremely familiar with. I like the Assassin's Creed games, the action-based, uh, not a big kind of first-person shooter. So, you know, I have a type of game that I'm a fan of. This is a type of game, a category, really true RPG games, where there could be upwards of 10 to 20 different endings possible. Uh, and every choice you make makes a different ending, and it could be all the way through the story, or it could be just at the last end scene, or whatever it might be. So you have to make choices, and it's built so that you'll want to play it more than once through. And, you know, all the weapons and armor and all this other stuff is huge lists, and people build trees and all this stuff for it. Which, of course, is not something I'm used to in gameplay at all. Um, I'm used to a classic, you go through the story, you beat the story, and it's the same story for everyone. I'm good with that. Um, Variation in the story or options is kind of a new concept to me, so I get kind of wary about that. And, of course, you know, it it can almost... uh, kind of paralyze you into what decision do I make? What direction do I go? I don't know. Do I want this ending? Do I not? How do I move forward? And for me, that's something that is very real. And my wife makes fun of me for it. She's like, you know, you got to make a choice. Don't be a pansy. Just choose one. It's okay. You'll come back and we can play a different game and do it again. I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. I want my choices to count, but I don't want to have to play it over and over. I'm not that kind of guy. Once I'm played through, I'm played through kind of deal. And it's a long time to play any Assassin's Creed game anyways. So for me, I felt that it kind of reflected my life a lot where I have trouble in my real life knowing if a decision's right or not. And I, I almost freeze at times because of that lack of choice. So it really becomes kind of an issue for me of uh, choice with in my life and choice within the game are kind of reflective. And it kind of brought up a weird question. It's like, you know, how like real life, do we really want our video games to be? Do I want my life to be like my video game or my video game to be like my life and make choices like that? I mean, really? Is that something I want to do? And then, of course, it leads to the natural evolution of that of, well, did I make all the right choices? What choices would I redo in my life? And it's kind of funny that there's the big choices in life, and then there's all these little choices which lead up to those big choices, kind of like in the game. So again, a little parallel there. But it really ends up being a lot about what choices are important that you would change and which ones would you not change, and what would change if you made those changes, if you will. A lot of change in that conversation. But basically, for me, it became down to, okay, what choices are there? So there were a couple of choices in my life directly that led to other events happening, Um, specifically some fights with my mom and specifically some fights with my ex and and things like that. There were specific moments 
that changed the direction of what I did. For example, with my mom, I ended up leaving um, because of these fights. And a situation presented itself where I could, I mean, I was 18, 19, so running away is not the right word for it. But basically, I was enabled to run away from her, from that life that she wanted me to live that I didn't want to. I wanted to have a life, which topic for another conversation for another day. So those choices definitely make the difference. So we are going to talk more about choice and change in a moment. But first, I want to talk a little bit about Anchor. When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I enjoy podcasting, and I've done it quite a while, but this is literally the easiest way to do it. And I have enjoyed using Anchor both here and in other podcasting that I've done. So if you always want to get a start in podcasting and doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Back, wanted to continue our conversation on change real quick. Um, not that change happens quickly, ironically. In, in my experience, I've done a lot of changing in my life. I started out, uh, as I kind of mentioned, with my mother, but uh, I also changed a lot with my relationships. Um, haven't had a huge amount of relationships. The ones I have have been either very long or extremely short. Uh, I had one that my first marriage lasted 10 years and was very good up until the very last little bits. And even that wasn't horrible. It just was very traumatic for everybody involved. But the change of being single was a difficult one for me because I'd never actually been single or alone on my own uh, up until I was the age of almost 30. Um, I'd always been with either a mother or a girlfriend or a wife. So I always been with someone else and then we had kids. And so that kind of continued. So I never really was ever in a position where I was really self-sustaining. So it was a very big change when I became single after me and my ex got divorced and having to figure out how to live on my own. And of course I had kids. So how to be a father on my own was very difficult because I didn't grow up with a father. I didn't really grow up with a very large amount of parenting in my childhood. So understanding how to cope with that change was very difficult for me. And I went into uh, therapy for a while trying to understand how I was supposed to manage this life um, that I had for myself and with my kids and how I had to manage work and dinner and, and all these other things. And I was working a lot of hours and I was working late hours sometimes and I was just exhausted by the time I came home some days. So it really became a situation where I didn't have the energy to do the things that I should have been doing as a parent. And the kids kind of felt that a little bit and they were very young at the time, but they still kind of reflect back on that and say, you know, dad, I wish you'd done, or you didn't always, or I remember doing this because you were asleep or whatever it was. So it, it's hard to know that you weren't as good as you could have been as a parent, or you didn't do all the things you should have done or whatever it might be. So that was a hard transition for me, a big change for me there. And, you know, if I go back and, and looked at it differently, I, I 
if I had the knowledge I have now of what I was doing then, obviously I'd be able to go back and say, okay, I'm going to be a little more strict. I'm going to be a little more rigid. I'm going to make sure the kids have this done, this done, this done. I'm going to spend more quality time doing those things with them um, so that they have that structure, which is something I didn't do because I didn't really know any better. I was trying to figure myself out, trying to figure out how to be alone uh, without someone to support me, another person there. I just didn't have it. Um, and that would have been something that I would have probably really benefited from knowing or being able to figure out. I just, just didn't have it. So that's something I would maybe go back and change, but it's not really a single event or a single thing. So single events and single things don't really work the same way, obviously, as they do in a game. It's kind of a series of very small things, and you'd have to adjust all of them to really make a big difference. And the game obviously can't work around those very finite mechanics. Uh, it has some of that, but not the same level. So it really brought up a lot of thoughts and feelings in me that have been kind of dormant for a while about how my life has changed, how I've really gotten to a much better place in a lot of ways, but there's still a lot of change going on. I recently got married. My son's about to go off to college in a year or two. I know, right? Um, you know, my daughter's changing and she's growing up and it's just like a lot of stuff still. And it's still difficult for me to handle and figure out how to deal with it. And I have emotional issues and stuff and and I write poetry to kind of compensate and write novels and stuff and do the podcast to kind of help with that handling those emotions just talking it out but it's still a lot of of course change and that's really difficult for me to kind of work through so if you're interested in reading some of my poetry um, you can definitely go to booksy.com and look up Robert Dragon Pollock and you'll be able to find my stuff on there um, in addition you know it's very important to me that are they doing the podcast, not just for those of you who find it enjoyable to listen to, but it's also very therapeutic for me just kind of talk through these things out loud sometimes because it's not always something I can just talk about. Um, I do, I used to do a lot of talking for a living, but I haven't recently, so it's a little rough going back into it. So that's that's what I want to talk about with change and, and how a game, a video game, kind of affected my life and how it it kind of reminded me of the changes that I've had to make and how changes and how choices about change are so important in those crucial moments. Um, so the other thing on this episode, obviously, I want to talk about is going to be um, another character piece uh, regarding a character that's in uh, a novel war. Uh, you can see a kind of a character profile on Booksy.com, uh, but I'm going to go, go ahead and go through the background of one of the characters, uh, Tom, here today and kind of talk a little bit about him and how he's important to the story in a, in a few seconds. So let's talk about the character. The character I'm going to talk about in this ish, in this segment is Tom. Now, in the story of a novel war, there's a couple different sides that are going to be kind of clashing. Um, we have the hero and the main character, which we'll talk about later on. But uh, Tom is a crucial character. He's part of a group called what I call the experiments. So in this in the novel war, there's a group uh, called ZTech uh, that builds basically experiments for hire. Um, a lot of times what they do is people come in that are dying or need help. Um, it needs support to, to fix a problem they have. They do is they uh, fix them, enhance them in some way or other, and then basically uh, hire them out or so forth and so on. Basically, the people they get 
can't afford the treatments. And if they do get cured and enhanced, they need to pay off the debt. So basically, they go to work uh, for people. Now, they're not slaves or anything like that, but they definitely have to work off their pay. Um, some of them, unfortunately, as side effects, become de-evolved and don't become as smart anymore and become more than like animals. In some cases, others are fine. Uh, some try to escape, etc. So a lot of things going on there. And Tom is one of the not-as-successful experiments in a couple of respects. Now, Tom was a uh, person who had a condition uh, which uh, autonomic regulation of their temperature was screwed up and it was a fatal disease. So their temperature of their body couldn't work. Uh, there is no cure for this condition and there's no real treatments for it. So he came to this group, you know, doing all this stuff, trying to manage it as best he can, knowing it's fatal. And he comes to this Z-Tech group and he says, look, I, I need to be helped. So he goes and he meets with the scientists and they work on him and they do experiments and get some of the details of what that was um, in the profile on uh, the website that I mentioned a couple of times already, but booksy.com. And um, basically he um, looked through the scientific data and the research and these scientists basically made him into a human-plant hybrid, uh, hoping that that would help control the body temperatures, which it did not do. Um, it made him very sensitive to wilting and very sensitive to heat instead. Instead of not being controlled, it was still uncontrolled. So they tried again. The problem is, is through these experiments they're doing, they kind of ruined his memory. So he no longer remembered why he was in this facility, why he was there, what he was supposed to be doing, his history, his past. He just couldn't remember any of it. Um, so he ends up getting angry and upset with them at one point, and he attacks them, into which they have to subdue him. And they push ahead with another potential experiment on him that also actually doesn't isn't successful, but um, they kind of rush to it, so it comes very unsuccessful, which is where he um, they treat him in with these chemicals, um, and he basically becomes extremely cold based, where he has to stay cold. He's based of uh, kind of an ice human hybrid structure, so that he's still fleshy and human, but he's cold to the touch. And he needs to stay cold, otherwise his core temperature will be destroyed. So it's still the same problem. Um, but he's now been created and evolved in such a way that he has super strength. He's immune to almost any type of damage that can be done to him. Um, he's super uh, tall. He's super big and muscular. Um, he also can control uh, ice and, and it kind of attracts ice and can mold ice. And he can't create it, but he can uh, manipulate and move it uh, around him. He doesn't know any of this, of course. He just knows he's big and strong and he's sensitive to cold or sensitive to heat. Um, he needs cold. So what they do is realizing that after the secondary experiment fails and he's still kind of knocked out during this whole process, they end up actually sending him to the Arctic Circle um, in order to keep him cold and kind of, since he's now kind of lost his memory and kind of de-evolving, not quite as uh, cognizant of his world around him and, you know, proper manners and all the rest of it um, as before, that this is a place they can keep him safe and secure and so forth and so on. So they, they sent him to the, the Arctic Circle, um, at which he actually finds a way to get out of the Arctic Circle and he starts swimming. He just swims. He's like, oh, I don't want to be here. I swim. I, I don't remember who I am. I don't remember my past. I need to find out what's going on, what happened to me. So he starts swimming and he 
finds a boat. I mean, again, he's a huge guy, so he can swim. He has stamina off the wazoo. He can swim forever, and it's cold water, so it, it feels good to him. So he ends up finding a, a getting connected with the ship. The ship is not just any ship. It's actually a ship of one of the organizations that are involved in the story called the Scribes, and they're kind of the the heroes of the story, if you will. Um, and he gets involved with them, and they end up helping him. Uh, they get him a suit, which will keep his temperature regulated. So even because he needs things to be cold around him, and they're taking him to the tropics. They actually end up in Florida uh, in the story. So this suit that he has will keep him cold and temperature regulated. Obviously, no snow in Florida, so he or no ice in Florida either. So he doesn't know about his ice manipulation, all that. But he's extremely strong, extremely agile, um, and he ends up getting into uh, combat with some of the other experiments that Z-Tech owns, uh, they're trying to basically bring him back. And he, of course, beats them all up and escapes again. So he's now with the, the scribes, these heroes of the group. And he's basically kind of found kind of a mentor in the process that will kind of, kind of looking out for him, like a best friend or a father figure, depending on how you look at it. And he kind of builds a relationship with this one person. And we'll talk about that person in another episode. But he builds a relationship and he's kind of starts to build a family for himself and he still can't remember anything. So he, we're going to have to, there'll be more exploration in the story of him remembering and kind of him deciding what kind of person he wants to be now, because he's just kind of hanging out with these scribes. He's not a believer in their cause or anything. He just wants to kind of be there, to be with people. They provide him a suit, so he feels type of obligated, but he can't remember anything of his past life to really remember what he cares about, who he cares about, who he is, what he did, you know, all those types of things. So there's a lot of exploration with him uncovering himself. Uh, in the story, which will be kind of an interesting evolution for him of refine, refining who he was and who he can be and who he will be. And kind of going back to our choice uh, earlier as we talked about in the episode, um, you know, he has to choose who he's going to be. He kind of has a blank slate to a certain extent, uh, but we are going to find that his past is going to come back and kind of leak in to his present, and he's going to have to figure out how to deal with all that. So those are some of the things that we're going to be dealing with with our character Tom in the uh, book, A Novel War. Crucial character to the story. He's very involved with the story. He's very much of a protector-type character. Um, it ends up having a lot of connections to a lot of the main story plot and main story characters. So he's a crucial piece, and I'm definitely uh, looking forward to you uh, looking at uh, Booksy getting a little more information there as well on him, some of his uh, the hard data facts on him as well. And uh, let me know what you think of, of the character background on him and Booksy, about this episode, and about uh, my, my feelings and change and choice, um, you know, and how that affects a lot of things we do, everything we do uh, in, my, in our lives, and how it can be reflected in the things that we view, the things that we uh, play, and uh, the stories that we write. Uh, so I thank you again for joining me on this episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Robert's Random Ruminations. Don't forget to follow me on Booksy.com under Robert Dragon Pollock, and also follow me on Facebook as well. Uh, make sure to check me out on the Booksy site, and we look forward to any feedback you have regarding my book or the podcast. Have a great day.